Hello and welcome to Midlife Athlete Podcast. I'm um, co-host Jason and I'm joined as ever by Greg. Hi Greg. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm quite excited about today's. We've got a lady called Joe Mosley who was recommended to us, if you remember, by Kath, the, the lady, the infamous Mer- the lady. Mertha Mermaid, yes, who swam oh. in the Antarctic, and she recommended that we speak to you, Joe. Welcome. Oh, that's so kind of her. She's amazing. I listened to her podcast, and she is just one of my absolute heroes. She's amazing. Yeah, she we. Uh, I, I think we've just about managed to get out of the invitation to swim in the, <laughs> the keeper's <laughs> pond that she wanted us to swim in. <laughs> I was in the freezer. I, I, yeah, I was I was walking. I took my dog for a walk the other day, and it was a beautiful, beautiful uh, 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 morning. Sun was coming out. There was, there was it, it was really frosty, and the, the, the little river we um, the river Tame, not the Thames, but the Tame that flows near us um, was 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 gently going on with a few swans on it. And I was looking at that, going, "God, that looks cold." And then I suddenly thought, "Kath will be straight in there." <laughs> <laughs> She's lovely. She's really lovely. I didn't know she'd recommended me. That's very kind of her. She did. She recommended you. And she recommended you because in 2019, you were the first woman to set board um, coast to coast. So you went from Liverpool to Goul on, on the East Coast, which is 162 miles. Yeah. And and you did that along the canal system. So I think the Leeds, Leeds and Liverpool Canal uh, and then the Air and Calder navigation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you did it to raise some money for charities, which we'll get into. But but incredibly, you also made a film of that called Brave Enough. Yeah, we did. We did. Which I watched the other evening and I have to say was incredibly moving, actually. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it we did. It was a very moving film. film. Yeah. So, I mean, it begs the question: no, Why? Why <laughs> did you do this? Uh, there's a long story to this, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, about two months after I had my first paddleboard lesson in 2016, which in paddleboarding world is like quite a long time ago, um, I decided I wanted to paddleboard from Liverpool to Leeds on the Leeds and Liverpool. Um, canal which is 128 miles Um, and I don't know why I wanted to so quickly I just felt it would be like just quite a fun thing to do Um, but um, about this time five years ago I was at a Christmas party and told somebody I was going to do this and his response was you know you're too old it's Mm. too difficult it's quite boring all this stuff and I wasn't yeah I know (laughs) he did sponsor (laughs) me again oh okay that's all right yeah, yeah. And I don't think he I don't think he realized what his words meant. He was at a party, it was just a kind of thing. You know what I mean? It mm. and reflecting on it. I don't think he meant to put me down. I just think it was just sort of he didn't think it would be fun. So, you know, and he didn't really know me that well. So anyway, um I put the dream away and then in January 2019 I realized that my youngest son would be going to university. I'm a single mum. My house was going to be just like Joey No Mates. And I just wanted to have a dream that would pull me to the future. So it was really about helping the boys understand that I'd be okay, telling myself I'd be okay without them here, raising money, litter picking, and just sort of doing something different, really, Um, and doing something on my doorstep. I know 
with the pandemic, everybody's learned the joy of adventures on our doorstep. But 2019, everybody on my sort of Twitter feed or Instagram, they were going off here and going off there. And I wanted to show that you could do it in your, you know, your annual leave from your holiday uh, from work and um, and have an adventure right on your doorstep. So um, we were ahead of our times. <laughs> <laughs> you were. And, and, and Joe, you focus quite a lot about joy so i looked i looked at your website and you write these lovely poems with some little um uh, iphone uh, videos with them mm. and what's quite striking is when greg and i started the podcast we wanted to talk about one of the things we wanted to talk about was the benefits of exercise for for middle-aged uh, athletes as we call them mm. and and i think you're you're a living testament to that because You've got a, there's a backstory to how you getting into exercise, isn't there? And there's, I mean, and, and I'll let you explain it in your own words, but, mm. but it would be really good to sort of track back to that, to that moment that sort of got you on this journey. Yes. Yeah, so, um, the hobnob moment. The hobnob <laughs> moment. <laughs> and they're not even my favorite biscuits. I would love them to be my favorite biscuits and then I could ask for sponsorship, but they're not. Um, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, about so we're going back a bit further. So May two thousand and thirteen, um, when my boys were still at home, um, I was in Tesco supermarket in the biscuit aisle, and it was that time after work and after school where everybody's just hangry, you know, everybody. And we would normally just be going home. It's it's, um, but my eldest son had volunteered to do the food shopping for his Duke of Edinburgh um, expedition, which basically meant mum, you know. We were kind of walking around, you know what I mean? We were walking around the aisles, you know, how much rice do we need and should they have pot noodles? And I didn't think that was nutritious and all this stuff. And then I just remember standing in the biscuit aisle, dropping my bags, leaning against the chocolate, looking at the biscuits, looking at the hobnobs and thinking, how did my life get to this? And just bursting into tears, like literally sobbing. And... Yeah, sobbing. And and I'll be honest, I think it's only Sainsbury's and um, Lidl that I haven't cried in. I, You know, at that time, there were a lot of tears in a lot of places. Um, they might sponsor very, you for saying that. They might yeah. sponsor you. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, just a lot of places I burst into tears. Um, and mum and dad, so I was a single mum, busy, busy. And mum and dad were both going through chemotherapy. So they were literally coordinating their diaries. Crikey. Um, and I didn't want to worry them. But I knew that crying a lot in different supermarkets was probably not a great thing. And probably there was something going on, you know. So I told a friend and she said, how much exercise do you do? And I was like, well, you know, not much. You know, I I spend a lot of weekends on the rugby pitch. Uh, sorry, on the side of the rugby pitch, not on the rugby pitch you know, driving the boys here and there. I never put my, well, putting myself on the priority list wasn't just not a thing, you know, it just wasn't yeah. a thing. Um, and so she lent me an old indoor rowing machine. And within a couple of weeks, I was sleeping. Um, and this rowing machine, as we always joke, was either going to the charity shop or the tip. So I was just the stopping off point. Um, and, and I Joe, realized... What- Sorry. What, what you, you said within two weeks that yeah. you, you were sleeping. It, so it had quite a profound yeah. effect on you. It really did, hugely, hugely. And it was a really rubbishy old machine. Um, and it didn't last very long. Um, when we just put it in the kitchen and it had a really profound effect. Um, 
And what I realized, what it, it wasn't just the stress of mum and dad or being a single mum, but I was going through the early stages of the perimenopause and I had mm. no idea what that was. I don't know. I thought that happened. So I was 48 and I thought that happened to women like who wore beige trousers in their 60s. <laughs> <laughs> like trousers with elastic. I, maybe one day I'll wear beige trousers with elastic waist belts. Who knows? But um, Greg, Greg does like, occasionally. <laughs> After Christmas lunch. <laughs> but I just I just thought that happened to older women and I thought it was all about hot flushes. I, I get cold flushes. I don't get hot flushes. So I never realized that insomnia and anxiety were part of the perimenopause. I just didn't know. And so it took me probably two years from that point to join the dots together. And nowadays, you know, the menopause, perimenopause is talked about loads. You know, it's on the TV, it's on the radio, it's in newspapers, you know, lots of celebrities are talking about it. But, you know, even just a few years ago, it was still very shrouded in mystery. And and I literally had to piece it together. Um, but, yeah, the impact. So one of the impacts was insomnia and, and high levels of anxiety, high levels of tears, high levels of, you know, jumping to conclusions that everything was about to go wrong. And um, but just being able to sleep was massive. I actually read somewhere on Twitter that sleep was the best performance-enhancing um, aid, and I was like, "I really, for me, it really is." It, can, I say, me, Joe, can, can I just ask how much exercise in that in that two-week period when you first started? So starting literally from scratch, how much were yeah. you doing? How much exercise were you doing? Oh, not much, like half an hour a day, literally, and probably not correctly. You know, I didn't know how to row. I just was like pulling it here and pulling it mm, there. Mm. But I think as well, there was an element of I'm doing something for me. There was that right. tiny element that said maybe you need to look after yourself and maybe you start need to start just thinking about, you know, how you sleep and what's happening. And also sharing with somebody kind of when you hit another rock bottom that actually maybe you need to start making some changes. Mm. um you know and and it doesn't mean that I don't you know I still get moments of insomnia and I have done and and that's sort of three four o'clock in the morning waking up and worrying so it's not like it's a cure-all but for me if I maintain really good sleep hygiene it really does help me and exercise that for me those are the two things that really make an impact and and, and did you with with the um you noticed you were sleeping better after two weeks, but did you notice anything prior to that? Any other sort of things that you sort of within the first week or the first few sessions? Did you did you notice anything else physically? Or no. you just literally just went. You just kept on doing it. I just keep you, on. And then you would yeah. just you slept better. At what point and did I you re just, what point did you realize? Did you make that connection that it was actually this, the rowing that was doing it? Quite quickly, I think. I think quite quickly because I carried on. I just kept, and then I decided that I wanted to row the channel. I always do things like, ooh, I'm going to do a big thing. <laughs> it's really unusual because I'm such a nervous, you know, anxiety ridden person. So for me, I always do these like, oh, I'm going to do something really big. Um, but I think because I just kept doing it and it wasn't particularly interesting, you know, just going backwards and forwards in my kitchen, I wasn't even outside. So I just felt that something was happening. And it was making a difference. And so I kept on doing it. And then 
her rowing machine pretty much died. And then I joined the gym so that I could use I could use the gym. And then when mum died, so that was May, June time. Then I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to row the channel next year. And then realized I didn't really want to row the channel. But then mum died in the December, so December 21st. And what I realized was that I was going back to the gym and I was going back to the rowing machine. Um, and I'd set up this, I was part of something where you rode 100 kilometers in that month. And I, and it was a fundraising thing with Concept 2. And I got my figures wrong. And I thought that if you rode 100 kilometers, they would donate 100 pounds or something like that to a charity. And I think, in fact, they were going to donate like 10 pounds or something. So I was like, oh, my God, 100 pounds, that could really make a difference to somebody and da 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 but so I was very committed that way. But then what I did realize was I kept going back to the gym in between, you know, the boys and my dad and Christmas and organizing the funeral. I was going back to the gym and and there was something that was suddenly, you know, deeply within me that my body was saying, just keep going back. Just keep going back. This movement is doing something. Just keep going back. Um but you you yeah. didn't just carry on rowing because then you decided that you were going to row a million meters yeah. and a marathon yeah. to yeah. raise money for Macmillan Cancer. So yeah. I, I I hesitate. There is a track record here of you <laughs> of you started something, Joe, and then like you know, I mean, started yeah. supporting. I'm gonna I'm gonna go from coast to coast rowing. Yeah. So I mean, when when did when did that kick in? That must have kicked in fairly soon if you did that in 2014. Yeah. So Mum died 2013, and in March 2014, um, I rang the bereavement counselling service because um, one of my sons was not doing so well, and um, well, naturally, you know, his mm. granny had died, and mm. you know, we're from a, you know, um, my mum. My mum and I were really close. My boys and my mum were really close. So, you know, understandably, mm. they, they were mm. having difficulties. And um, and the person was like, and how are you doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm really fine. I'm just really interested in my son, really. And then they sort of said, no, how are you? And I just burst into tears. And they said, well, why don't you come? And I was like, no, really, I don't want to take up your time. And they said, why don't you come? So I said, okay, I'll just pop along the first time. And I think you're allowed either six or nine sessions, but they added on three sessions for me, which was just incredible. Um, and they were just amazing. And say that, say you, I think about session five, I said to them, you know, we haven't talked about mum. I feel really bad. And they said, no, we're, he was so nice to Chappie. He said, no, we're excavating all the grief you've gone through over the years. And your mum's is just like the final thing. And I was like, really? And he's like, no, this is a process. And, and he was so lovely. But they have a thing, understandably, with bereavement counselling, where if you see them in the street, they will blank you because they don't want anyone that you might be with to know. And I have seen him in the street and he's always blanked me. <laughs> and I've so wanted to go up to him and say, you changed my life. But it, I felt it was maybe inappropriate. Um, and so in one session, he said, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like I'm in a rickety old boat on a lake and the the shoreline around the lake is my old life. And I want to get back to that old life. I want some semblance of stability. 
but I'm in this boat and I'm standing there waving my arms about at my old life and I don't know how to get back there. Everything keeps going. Every time I think the waters are stable, something happens like it's grief or something happens in life and it's all unstable again. And he said, what do you need to do? And I said, I need to sit down, stop waving my arms about and I need to row back to the shore. I need to find a way to get back to my old life. And obviously, I meant it metaphorically, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, and that was about March 20. I just found the little cards uh, recently. That was about March, end of March uh, 2014. And it was coming up to mum and dad's, what would have been their wedding anniversary on the 5th of May. And I just decided that I needed to do something to say thank you to Macmillan Cancer for what they did, have done for mum and dad. And so I thought, what can I do? And I had nothing of interest, you know, nothing that I could think of that I could do that would be of any interest to anybody. I wasn't able to go and climb a mountain. I had two boys to look after. Um, I had my dad to think about. Um, I had, a, you know, there was nothing I could do that was really exciting that would kind of capture people's attention. So I thought, well, all I can do is row right now. <laughs> That's all I do. And so I decided to row a million meters um, and a marathon. And so I rode it. So basically what it equated to, because a million does sound a really a lot um, and it's not as much as it might sound. So 10 kilometers every other night for eight months after work and then two half marathons and then the marathon on the first anniversary of mum's death. And that was five days before my 50th. So um, it was really it was really cathartic, really cathartic. Um yeah, it was amazing. And and we raised a lot of money and people were just unbelievably generous. Well, you raised £10,000, which is which is a great achievement. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you, you dismiss it not being much, but actually anyone who sat on a concept to <laughs> rower for 10,000 metres and doing that every other night, it's, it's, it's no mean. That's, yeah. that's, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's, as you say, you're in you're not doing anything you're not outdoors you're not there's nothing to take your mind off it it's just you and the machine yeah a lot of dolly parton and i listened to <laughs> Frozen, loads of dolly parton and people were so generous and i think people realized what i was doing at the gym and and i had like there's there was three or four um rowing machines and if i walked in people would get off the one that i normally went on I'm like oh she's here um, oh, in a nice way you know in a nice way yeah. i never made them in a nice way and it was never about getting fit and it was always there was something deeply cathartic in it and deeply like I just had time to and sometimes I would cry you know and sometimes I would just it was just allowing me to get through what I was going through and um but the loveliest thing was um so I shared my you know on a concept two you get a little screen about your stroke mm. and all this and I had no clue what I was doing and I would put the pictures up on Twitter just to sort of show what I was doing and, you know, help raise the money. And all these like proper indoor rowers got in touch. And then um, I don't know if you know Pete Reed, who is um, an Olympic five time, I mean, million time Olympian rower. I mean, just massive gold medal and everything. And he he got in touch and he was sort of supporting and encouraging me. And they were saying, you know, just do it this way or just do it that way and helping me be a bit more efficient and it was just so unbelievably kind of them um and I just I I had sorry am I talking too much no no 
No. Um, so I'd always thought sport was about losing weight or being competitive. And so it had never, ever in my, in the realms of my thinking, been anything about joy because I'm not competitive, you know, and I'm not interested in PBs. I'm not interested in tracking. I'm not any of those things. So, you know, when people, even when I watch competitive sport on the telly, I get a little bit scared. You know what I mean? I just sort of go, ooh, that's a little, ooh, I don't think I'd like that. When, when, so like the Tour de France and the Tour de Yorkshire have come past my house and I'm a bit like, oh gosh, mm, that probably hurts quite a lot. <laughs> you know, ooh, they, do they support each other? Oh, they're, you know, I don't like, I'm not really good at competition and stuff. So I could never imagine that joy and exercise had any kind of link. And now I do, but it took me till I was like, what, 50 something to get there. Um, and so. Never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. It's never too late. And so, yeah, that's always why I do it. Although I have to admit now that I'm 57, no, 56, I'll be 57 in a month's time. Exactly. Um, I do see that I have to go from joy to a little bit more serious investing in my time, investing in my body to make sure that my older years are a little bit better. So I am going from, oh, just do it for the joy to, Joe, you need to be a little bit more thoughtful about how you do things. And so you, you come back to that, the setboard thing then. So you, 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 you got your row out of the way. Mm. I think you did a whole bunch of other things. You enjoyed so, uh, walking and, and, and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, just little bits and bobs. And then you you got your first sup lesson, and as you say, you decided quite quickly that you were going to to, to sup board. When when did you when did you start planning the 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 sup boarding trip, and 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 how how what was your sort of thinking along those lines in terms of you know, um, deciding so, to do it for charities and so on? So. I made loads of plans in 2016. I made all these little graphics and cute things. And then I put all that away. And then in January 2019, when I sort of really realized that um, my youngest would be going away, I just thought, oh, you really need to just, you, you know, this is it. And I remember I thought, well, how am I going to find out about the Lee's Liverpool Canal? You know, I don't know anything about it. So I, I Googled, not Googled, I looked on Instagram, the hashtag Lee's Liverpool Canal, and it came up that this chap, Jason, who's a friend of mine, was doing what I wanted to do. Um, and so I asked him, so I stalked him for a bit, and, and we had to work out that I wasn't stalking him in any romantic fashion, you know, like <laughs> things in our DMs and stuff. But actually, you know, I was really interested in the paddleboarding. And so we met, and when, I, when we met at his, he was – en route literally um passing skipton and when we met in his uh, motorhome on route um i went in i went into the sort of caravan park where we met 95 percent sure i was going to do it and i left 100 percent sure i was going to do it and then i just started you know getting maps and reading books and then i just had to make a decision right it's 162 miles long how many miles can I paddle each day? How much time can I get off work? Where am I going to stay? What do I want to do? I want to pick up litter. I want to raise money for the Two Minute Beach Clean. I'd like to raise money for the Wave Project, um, which takes children surfing. And then I just literally had to sort of 
put pins in the map and say, right, I'm going to do this each day and, and, um, and then go from there really. And then put it out on Instagram and, and see what happened. I had to put it out there so that I definitely didn't back out. <laughs> and did you do much, much training at all? Um, so I had, um, as I announced it, I had a frozen shoulder. Don't know if either of you have ever had frozen shoulders, but yeah. I've treated a few, but yeah. So grim. Oh yes, yeah, so grim. But and I, so I, I remember going to um, um, film screening of a, a, an amazing organisation called the Wonderful Wild Women, and I won a prize, which was this beautiful yellow jacket um, that I could like the raffle prizes, and they were all different things. And I thought, oh, I'd love that yellow jacket. It's a, it's apparently it's a, a cycling one. And I tried to put it on, and this woman was trying to put it on with me, and I was going, please, please don't. I can't actually move my arm, and she was. <laughs> looking at me and I was like honestly so I sort of had to keep this jacket on once it was finally on because I couldn't actually take it off um <laughs> my arm but I knew because I'd had a frozen shoulder the year before or maybe about 18 months before that it was at that bit where it's unfreezing you know Greg there's a bit where it freezes yeah. and then you don't move it and then you just know there's an unfreezing coming well I could sense that the unfreezing was coming um and I also had plantar fasciitis, and I get that quite a lot. So my training was spin in the morning at the gym, um, a little bit of weights once I could start moving my arm, yoga and paddleboarding. Because um, once the arm was unfreezing, the paddleboarding really seemed to help. You know, it actually was using that to, to help. So... I had it in mind that I was going to paddle 16 miles a day. But as I arrived at the canal, I'd never paddled more than 10 miles in one day. So I can get this much time off work. So that's what I'll do. Um, so it was all a bit slapdash, really, thinking about it. But Sometimes there. that's the best way to do it. Yeah, we got there in the end. And my by the time I did start it, my frozen shoulder had gone. And I'm, you know, luckily, I, I don't know if you can have them again, but I hope since then they've both been fine. Unfortunately, <laughs> you can, but you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, 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 it's and, just and, the most awful thing. It's just horrendous. And you were, you were doing it, you said, for two charities. Uh, what? Uh, just explain a little bit about the Wave Project and, and the two-minute uh, two beach clean. Because picking up litter was was one of your goals and and in the film it you know we, we see you every day picking up yeah. horrible pieces of litter i know my hands stank absolutely stank um so i've always loved sea glass and picking up sea glass and things from the beach and then i noticed that was more and more there was plastic and then i found this wonderful community online called the two minute beach clean um, where it's just like take two minutes each day to pick up litter. So when I was listening to your podcast today with a physicist, I was picking up litter at the same time. And um, so I knew that I wanted to raise money for them and I wanted to create three beach clean boards, which are like these boards which um, are at beaches or in um, in towns, in parks, on streets, which basically say, please take a litter picker in a bag and pick up litter, show it on your social media, encourage other people to. So I wanted to raise enough money for three of those. And I wanted to raise money for the Wave Project, which is a surf therapy charity which takes children and young adults surfing. And I think they get a session of six weeks and some GPs can prescribe it. Wow. And these might be children that um, have 
um, mental health issues, anxiety, or they may be carers or, um, you know, even at a young age, or they're at risk of sort of social isolation because of their family circumstances. And they take them um, surfing. And it's not about getting them to, you know, surf incredible waves. It's Mm -hmm. just about giving them that time and energy of an adult or a few adults that will really just help them understand resilience and optimism and give them the self-belief that maybe that life has sort of knocked out of them. So it was that water and the benefits of water and picking up litter. For me, they're all kind of intertwined, really. And how did the, how did the, the I mean, because in your words, you, you thought your preparations were slapdash, but, but you also then took, you know, the film came about. So somebody, somebody decided to, to film you. How did, how did that come about um, as part of the, the whole yeah. kind of preparation? So, um I just I so I had met the filmmaker Frit um, at an adventure expo um, in September October 2018, and then at Kendall Mountain Film Festival, um, and we had just chatted about things and dreams and goals and nothing really particularly, um, you know, serious. And then when I said that I wanted to um, do the the challenge and put it out there on my Instagram, Frit asked if I would like to have a film made and I was just like yeah no that'd be really nice a filmmaker will be there like you know for a couple of days and then we'll just have like a two minute reel you know that sort of thing crazy middle-aged mother goes paddle warning kind of thing um but our friendship just really really grew and um Fritz stayed with me for eight of the 11 days um and then we just had all this footage and this really strong friendship and then we made this film and 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 it was shown at Kendall Mountain Film Festival. It's been in five adventure film, film festivals. Excuse me. Um, and Kendall is like the BAFTAs of films. You know, I mean, incredible. Um, and it was a feature film on its own. And, you know, I sort of stood there in, in this studio and I was like, people came to watch this film and they paid good money to see it. You know, <laughs> they didn't just sort of find it by chance. They actually chose to be here, which was lovely. Um, so, Yeah. Um, it just sort of happened, really. Just one of those serendipitous moments. That, mm. um, and when we made the film, we then had to say, okay, it was a, a quite a nice film. And then we sort of said, oh, maybe we should reveal the backstory. And obviously, I won't spoil it for people, but the end, you know, nature did help us out at the end. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, and we, we were we... lucky. Nature gave us a little bit of a push there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there are some very, as I say, very, very moving moments towards the end. You, I mean, subboard is obviously. I mean, and we're going to draw on two other things because, <clears throat> you know, aside from doing that physical challenge of, 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 you've, you've, I think, two other projects. You, you, you run a, a subboard podcast um the joy of of sup which links into your you know your joy of exercise um and i think i'm right because when we were chatting about getting this podcast set up between us you alluded to the fact that you were doing a book uh yeah. around subboard so tell us tell us about the podcast and um and the, and the book yeah oh thank you it's very kind of you to let me share so um i have a podcast um there's two podcast in the UK um, about paddleboarding and the other one is lovely Simon he's so lovely Um, and I just was really inspired by what he was doing and then I thought what can I do that would be similar but 
not compete because you don't hate competition. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I don't like competing on anything. So I interview women who paddleboard, and we talk about sort of um, well, all the health, happiness, adventure, friendship, and possibility of stand-up paddleboarding. And some of them have been uh, are women who have you know broken world records, and some of them are women like me who lead much more ordinary lives, but have. Um, a big, you know, paddleboarding has given them a lot. And so I try and get that diversity of, of voices and experiences. Um, and it's just really lovely. So I'm, um, I, I did two seasons and then had a little rest whilst I wrote the book. And now I'm kind of ratcheting up again to do the season three. And it's just been really lovely and popular. And um, it's very open and honest. And, you know, sometimes we cry, <laughs> mainly me, to be honest. Um <laughs> But positive, positive crying, I must say. Um, but it's it's interestingly, and I hope this doesn't sound braggy, but um, a chap emailed me, and I have a, a Joy of Sup podcast email, which I don't check as much as I should. And he, was, he said, um, and I was just going to have my booster jab and my flu jab um, on Wednesday, and I just looked at the email. He said, I'm 71. I live four hours north of Melbourne in Australia. And um, and I have just started paddleboarding, and I absolutely love it, and I love your podcast. And I was like, and it's called Gordon. I was like, oh, Gordon, you've made, you know, I'm just about to go and have two massive injections in my arm. Um, you've made my day. So, um, and that's what I love about podcasts. You never know who's listening. It, and it's not in any way dependent on, so, well, social media helps, but, you know, people find podcasts in all sorts of different ways. Um so, yeah, we talk about joy and, and just lovely things. So, as I say, I've got world record breakers and I've got people like me who just do it for sort of fun and um, with children, with dogs. Um, and then I wrote, so yeah, I wrote a book. So the book is um, being edited at the moment and it's about beautiful places to paddleboard in the UK. So um, That'll be yeah. on your Christmas list, Jason. Uh, I next don't year. think it'll be yeah next Christmas. It won't be uh, <laughs> yeah, won't be ready for this Christmas. So, um, but yeah, so I I was unbelievably lucky to go around sort of as we came out of lockdown, go around the country and meet lots of paddleboarders and paddle in some unbelievably beautiful places. So, and and with those because I, when I I've only confess listen to one or two of the the, the, the podcast um oh, you, but no but i mean and i and i would encourage listeners to go and listen to it because it was it was it was a it was a lovely listen but you went to, to places you know and and sort of paddled with some of those um supporters that, that you interviewed mm. so it was it was that was that where the idea came from that you were you were essentially supporting with with these interesting women and then thought hang on a second there's this is also a beautiful place. No, it was a different way. I I um I pitched a book to the publisher and they didn't want the book I pitched. So I made the book that, that I pitched into the podcast. Um not in like a flouncy way, but kind of like <laughs> slightly flouncy way. You know, like, ooh. Prove a point. Yeah. And and I just thought I don't want to lose the interest that I've kind of built up around these women um and then they said well what about this sort of book instead and I was like oh yeah that sounds really good and then luckily because I had a short period of time to do the book and once we were allowed to move and once I'd been jabbed and everything um 
I was like, right, who do I go to? Because I couldn't write, I, you know, out of the 30, some 36 places, I think um, only three or four of them I paddled on my own. I wanted to paddle with other people for safety and because they know the places, you know, the, the tidal yeah. systems and things on the ground or the estuary or whatever. So I was able to then contact these people and say, look, are you in this sort of area or could you tell me about like, you know, the North coast of Cornwall compared to the South coast, you know, these were places I'd never paddleboarded and obviously they have their own intricacies and, mm. and sort of places. So luckily they were like, yeah, come and paddle with me. So, and then I met other people through the book who I now I'm going to have on the podcast. So it was really joyful. It was amazing. Um, we saw dolphins and seals and um, yeah, just there's so many beautiful places. And I tried to as well in the book um, show the possibility of paddleboarding. So we've got um, harbours and docks and locks and lakes. So it's not all kind of Cornwall and Devon blue seas. It's, you know, Albert Docks in Liverpool, Regent's Canal in London was one of my absolute favourites, you know, right in the middle of Camden. And, uh, you know, so it's a really, we're really fortunate in how many places we can have to paddleboard. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a one, I keep, I think last we had a we had an aborted attempt to try and get Greg onto a paddleboard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, family. I, I um, yeah, I've yet to pop my cherry on that one. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done anything like that yet. But it looks great. I mean, and and, and yeah, the rise of it, you can see it so off so much more now around the coasts and and uh, on rivers and canals, etc. All the time. So yeah. it's really expanding sport. But but. <laughs> But Joe, is it safe to say that exercise has changed your life? Yeah, it has. It has. Yeah. When you said to be on a midlife athlete, because I don't consider myself an athlete in any way, um, that's still a bit scary. That's all a bit school sportsy to me, you know, hurdles running for in, you know, 100 meter race and stuff. Um, but yeah, it really has because it's given me confidence, it's given me joy, it's opened me up to creative things, to adventures um to community to friends and it's brought me so like as a little girl I love doing lots of the things I do now but then I kind of lost that all in my teenagers and then I did a bit in my 20s but I never saw that as exercise I just thought as kayaking or hiking or diving I never I never thought those things were exercise I just thought they were just things like adventure things mm. it has changed my life um and I know as I kind of face like 57 next next month that it will be a hugely integral part of my future as well I mean it has to be because I want to do stuff so I have mm. to look after myself and exercise is like such a key part of that mm. and well so, certainly from my perspective yeah when you say you're sort of slightly scared of the, of the of the terminology of athlete I mean when Jason and I were sort of discussing doing this podcast and what we're going to call it you know, for, for me, it's it's if you're trying to do something at something with exercise, you are being trying. You're trying to be athletic, mm. and and I th and I think yeah, if you if you paddleboard 162 miles in 11 days, that's fairly athletic in my yeah. in in anyone's book really. So yeah, you're a board athlete. I mean, that, that's you know that's <laughs> something, something to be proud of. I think yeah. Well, I think, and I think we were also trying to challenge some of the stereotypes, Joe, that you probably experienced yourself yeah. in the sense yeah. that people would say society says, um, 
oh, you can't, you shouldn't be doing that. You're too old mm-hmm. to do that. You can't mm-hmm. do that. And so I think what we wanted to do was to be a bit provocative to say, there's nothing wrong with somebody in their 50s or 60s or, you know, actually mm-hmm. doing something athletic. Um, and, and you know, you're, 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 you're proof of that with, with, mm-hmm. with your support challenge. And we've had others on there doing, you know, ultra marathons and mm-hmm. rowing across the Atlantic and, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So, yeah, it was it was part part that as well. Mm. Um, so I'm assuming you've got something else up your sleeve because you, <laughs> you don't. Your track record strikes me that there will be something else that you're thinking of doing, um, whether I it's boarding or, or not. I can't share them because we oh. haven't formalised them. But I'll come back and share them. Um, but yeah, I have um, two women, amazing women, actually. Um, as we came out of Kendall, they were both at my film. They messaged one at the film and then one afterwards messaged me and said, would you like to do this thing with me? And um, one of them is something I've always wanted to do. Um, and one is something I've never in my wildest dreams wanted to do. And when I sat down with her, I was like, are you actually sure I have plantar fasciitis and arthritis in some of my toes? And she's like, we'll do it, we'll do it. So, um, so I can, so yeah, one is, <laughs> one is a paddle running thing and one is a hiking thing right. both in the UK which is lovely um and both with women um in their 50s um and i think because i've always done stuff on my own because i've always thought that if i did it with anybody else i would let them down you know i would be slower mm. i wouldn't be good enough i would let them you know that whole worry that you know, being picked last for the school team, all that stuff. I always thought if I did anything, I would be, I would let them down. And what I've realized is that's probably not the case if I train hard enough. And also, actually, if you choose the right people to do stuff with, it's about us getting to the end. It's about the teamwork. Um, And it's not about people judging me. It's about getting to the end together. And so one of them who I don't know, actually, but we've WhatsApped each other and everything. Um, I said to her today, I said, we need to meet halfway in, in January and we need to write our values for the challenge. She said, what do you mean? And I was like, we need to write down things like, so I have some friends um, who rode to the Atlantic, the Yorkshire Rose, amazing women, unbelievable women. Um, and one of their values for their expedition or challenge, and they were like the oldest women to, to row the Atlantic, um, was that they would come home as friends. And that was one of the values that they had. And it's in their book. And I can introduce them to you. They're amazing. Actually, oh, yeah, definitely. Because one of them is doing something really incredible in April. So I'll definitely give you her details. Okay. And um and I said to to my friend, we should have a value. I think we should have a value that getting to the end of this thing that we're going to do that I can't tell you about as friends is is part of our is part of our challenge. That that's an important thing. It's not about us doing it and raising money and just getting it done, but becoming stronger in our friendship and building a community around the thing that we do should be one of our core values. Um, I can't remember what your question was, sorry. But um, that's sort of what we're going to do. So, um, but what I'll definitely tell you, I promise you, I'm not being like, you know, 
teasing. I just we just can't say it because I think they might kill me if I do. Um, yeah. but, um, Joe, Joe, yeah. based on 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 how quickly you've gone from just doing a bit of exercise to suddenly you know wanting to wanting to row across the channel, etc. I was expecting <laughs> you to go. Well, we're going to do. We're going to support the Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Although now I've, I've said that, you probably want to do that now, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm all for. I'm all for. I'm all my. I think where I'm, if I have any, if I have any influence in inverted commas, I think it is at that point of saying you can. You're never too old. It's not too late. You don't have to have been like superhuman. Just find joy in it and do it on your doorstep. That's where I think my message always will mm. be: is do it on the doorstep, do it in places that you might otherwise overlook, um, and build a community and do it together. And and um, you know, so we're looking at the whole community part of it too, because I when I did the coast to coast, I didn't really ask anybody to come with me like walk with me because again I just thought oh I'd be quite an inconvenience for them and they'd probably get bored of me but I found that the people that did come were like we've really enjoyed this day you know we've had a lovely day chat because I can paddle I paddle about as fast as they walk so it's you know really nice and they've said and I met one of them at Kendall and I said oh you she's in the film Sharon and I said you know it meant so much to me that day and she was like I loved it. Why didn't, why were you so unsure? And I said, because I thought people would get bored of me. And she was like, sorry, if you're already bored of me. And then she said, no, I loved it. Next time you do something, you must ask more people. Um, so I don't know where you live, but I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, um, we'd, we'd love to. Because uh, as long as it doesn't involve swimming in a freezing cold lake, <laughs> I would certainly be up for that. No, yeah. I mean, I love swimming in, in the sea. And, and, and I swam in Lake Windermere on, on um, Sunday last week at dawn. It was just incredible as the sun rose. Wow. But I am no calf. She is, ex- you know, she sits in a freezer. She's no. She doesn't like sitting in the freezer, in fairness, no, I did say. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the training. <laughs> she is just amazing. Yeah. She's just truly, like, she's on another level. Just amazing, you know. And I would actually have liked to have swum with orcas. I know she wasn't keen on that, but I would have liked to have slightly been in the water with orcas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I but okay. We're gonna definitely have to get you on then after you've done after you've done these next challenges. Um, we and you may have you may have heard this because you've listened to previous episodes. We always ask guests two final questions, um, and I know that you have you have you've sat boarded, and I know your your concept to rower, but you've also done other stuff, sports. So, first question is: if you could only ever do two sports or two forms of exercise. For the rest of your days, what would those two be? I imagine one of them might be setboarding, but maybe yeah, I'm and the other one is really hard to choose between hiking and snorkeling. Oh, okay. I love snorkeling. I don't do it a lot in the North Sea because there's not a huge amount to see, <laughs> or see very far. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> snorkeling, then I could take my snorkel, my mask off and then swim. So that I would be getting two for the price of one there. Um, and you could travel on your subboard to the place yeah. that you could oh, snorkel. In the book, in the book, actually, um, 
we I went with this amazing Marie. Ah, oh, she's amazing. I should put you in touch with her. She's a sup surfer. Oh, I think she might be in her 40s or 50s. Um, she um, is a marine biologist. And we, um, oh, what am I talking about? So we lay on our boards and she brought her mask and, uh, mask and um, snorkels. So we lay on our boards and, and sort of did some snorkeling from our boards because then uh-huh. you've got the board as a safety thing because people can see you. Um, right. Because where we were, it was in um, Oxwich Bay, and they, um, I think they allow water jets. Yes, I used to um, windsurf there. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? It, it is absolutely fantastic, but they, they do allow jet skis there. And, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, on a windsurfer, I, I could be seen anyway when, yeah. when I wasn't in the water. But um, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. so because um, there's a wreck, that it was a bit cloudy, so we couldn't see the things that would normally um, be able to see on the wreck. Um, so, but somebody else at Kendall said you can get this thing called a bathoscope, and apparently I could lie on my board with this thing, and it would it magnifies what's under the water. So that's a new thing that I want to try. So for me, definitely paddleboarding, and definitely between snorkeling slash sea swimming and hiking. Oh, I would ask three. That's- that's almost four. <laughs> snorkeling are together. They're one, but also hiking is two. You can't have you can't have snorkeling and hiking. You can, that just doesn't work. I just don't know. I honestly don't know which because hiking you can just literally do. You don't have to. You know, you yeah. just put your shoes on and you go. Yeah. And I think if I couldn't do that, that I mean, that's what keeps that's what kept me going in lockdown. So, yeah, I might have to just fall off my paddleboard and then by chance be swimming so yeah paddleboarding falling off with my mask and snorkel and hiking they're my two we'll let you we'll let you off with that one um, thank you so much the final one then is uh, we, and everyone sort of seems to say they have had this when they're doing some kind of form of exercise or sport there's a moment which sticks in their head and they're like Oh, if I could relive that as a sort of groundhog day, I'd love to do that. I'm sure you must have had one. I'm sure you've had probably several. So what's what's the one that you love yeah. to relive? Um, when I was younger, I had a few diving moments, which were amazing. But as an adult in the last couple of years, um, the 2nd of August, 2019, I paddleboarded from um, – just outside Burnley, Reedley Marina to Skipton. And it was 24 miles, which was beyond my comprehension that I could ever do that. But I had to make up time because I was like 16 miles behind on my schedule. And I went through the tunnel, which was a mile long. And I'd never gone, the longest tunnel before had been either 400 yards or 400 meters. I always get it muddled, but it was very short. Um, And I went through this mile long tunnel and then I paddled through the most beautiful countryside in Yorkshire on a beautiful sunny day. And I, about nine o'clock, got to a place called Gargrave where some friends were with me. And they said, then it's quite near where I live. And they said, do you want us to take you home? And I said, no, I want to paddle into Skipton, which is my hometown or my adopted hometown. Um, And so I paddled 
as the sun set and then it went dusk and then it was dark. And I paddled home to Skipton um, in the dark. And I'm quite scared of the dark. Um, and I paddled under this bridge, which is like tiny, tiny, where you have to lie on your tummy and then put your head to the side and the girders and all the rust kind of, you know, wow. scrapes on you. And it's the bridge where I trained and I paddled and I knew the bridge. And I um, and I paddled into Skipton and a friend of mine from the Beach Clean Foundation was there. And she was like, I'll walk along the towpath to meet you. And I was like, no, no, it's not safe. It's not safe. She's like, but you're on the water. I said, I know, but that's fine. But don't walk along the towpath. You know, all that worries about safety. Um, and I was coming into into Skipton and there was fairy lights on the narrowboats. There's fairy lights on the in houses on the towpath. And I came in about 10.30 and she was there. Um, and I nearly garroted myself because as I came to the bank, there was some tow ropes. <laughs> I die already. And I just remember, and this will date me, but I remember watching some kind of, um, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, World Cup, football World Cups or European finals. I remember Michael Owen once sort of saying, you practice and you practice and you practice. He was a striker, wasn't he? Or was yeah, it yeah, yeah. either Johnny Wilkinson or Michael Owen. Saying, <laughs> I don't know which. I do know that rugby and football are different sports. <laughs> just, just to clarify everybody. But they both, at different times, I've read that you practice and you practice and you practice and you practice for that one tiny second when you do something instinctively. And as I went under this bridge, and it was really dark, I thought, shit, oh, sorry. I thought, wow, this is what it's like to be a sports person. I actually feel like I am Michael Owen or Johnny Wilkinson. This is what I've done. I Maybe I am an athlete. Yeah. Um, I have practiced this for that time when I didn't ever imagine I would do it at night. I always thought I'd be doing it in the day. But I've practiced and practiced, and I know what to do, and I feel confident in my body, and I feel confident in my ability to do this and I've never and it was never about proving a point it was never about being able to say hey look what I did it was about just relishing the canal at night and thinking I'm coming home and I've come home and I've made up so many miles which I didn't think I could do that day and I do truly feel that for me was you know like that moment of of sort of like at that point, I knew that I was going to finish it. I knew that I was going to get to the end. Um, I mean, I still had just 98 miles. I still had like, yeah, another 60, 70 miles to go. But I knew then that I had it within me to do it. Sorry about this, Ray. I knew then I had That's it within right. me to do it. Um, and if I could walk around in my world every day with that confidence, I would love it <laughs> because right. I don't. But, um, yeah, that was, um, you know, and it was on my doorstep, 10 minutes from where I live. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, well, you are an athlete, whether you like it or not. You are an athlete. You're an absolute star for raising this money for charity and doing these oh, things. And I, But I think being an inspiration, I mean, mm. when I sat down and watched yeah. it with my wife the other evening, it was massively inspirational for her. Um, so much so that we're going to try and make our kids sit down and watch the film this weekend. Oh. We might have to bribe them, but we will get them to sit down and watch <laughs> we'll the film. We'll bribe them, chocolate. Um, yeah, exactly. But no, it was very inspirational. It was a very moving oh, film. Anyone, when it when it comes out and they can watch it on, on Vimeo, I think, 
Yeah, uh, put it on video. Would definitely encourage everyone to, to, oh, to watch it. You. It's uh, it's a really really inspiring moving film. And oh, so, Joe, we thank you for coming on. Um, it's, oh, it's thank been... you very much. I'm really enjoying your podcast. Good. Really, yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's it it just we just need to keep looking after ourselves and as we get older and I think exercise is just it's so useful and I love all the even though some of the science does go over my head I must admit <laughs> just like keep doing it really yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know that's the thing isn't it just keep doing it and do something yeah do something yeah. and just keep doing it but also the strength training because of both the things that I want to do next year I just need to be a lot stronger than I am so yeah, that's yeah. definitely one of the things that uh, we've picked out on our journey, if you like, that uh, strength mm. training is pretty important for a midlife mm. athlete. But, um, mm. yeah, you, um, yeah, an, an inspiration. And we'd love to have you back on when you've done these challenges. Um, oh, <laughs> and I think we can, get, we can get some other guests on. We have capacity on the Squadcast thing to do that. So hopefully we can get your, um, your oh, journey yeah. companion on. Uh, yeah as well so that would oh, be, that'd uh, be great that'd they're be really great. lovely they're really lovely um so yeah i'll tell them and we're not backing out now back out of already but um she's she's determined that she'll help me do the thing that we're gonna do <laughs> good luck thank you and uh, i should look out for the book because uh thank being you. a set board fan myself i'm sure that there's going to be some interesting places to go mm. and brilliant enjoy. thank you very much thank thanks you. joe Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.